Here we are. Episode 274 of Tactical Crouch. Contenders Month. Sort of. Continuing. <laughs> going to China. And with us, we have one big hungry Phil and one bull skunk. Thank you both for joining me today and talking about uh, a region that, uh, you know, I used to, back in my day, I used to do a little Chinese overwatch myself. I see. <laughs> back, well, thank you for having when. us. Yeah, I vaguely remember that. Yeah, and and was... it's been... Yeesh, it's been a minute. Has it been 2019, maybe? I was, uh, I think I was 2018, season two-ish, oh, okay. season three as okay. well. And then I was like, oh, this is, this is not my lane. So ah. quickly, quickly <laughs> made an exit there. Uh, but I know that you guys have been doing, doing big things out there. So I had to bring in some experts. Give me some of the, some of the <laughs> juice. Well, we're sorry you couldn't find him and had to settle for us, but we're here. <laughs> yeah. Like that's I, I noticed true. this, like when we first started talking about this, like the two people that you've got here are the play-by-play casters. Historically, the people that don't know what's going on and can just talk. No, that's not. See, I feel like play-by-plays get thrown under the bus. I, I, I think, I think people are a little bit, you know, I think you guys are a little bit more cognizant. You guys have the vision. Yeah. You see what's going on. Come you've got to, you've got to keep up the role, though. You've got to, you've got to do the, you know, apes together strong version sure, of play-by-play play casting. There you go. There you Lateral go. will get you everywhere, my friend. All right. <laughs> I like it here already. I like it here already. No, I appreciate you having us and appreciate, yeah, you know, putting a spotlight on the Chinese region. Uh, I feel like, you know, kind of flies under the radar sometimes. So most definitely know, appreciate this opportunity. Yes. Yes, of course. I, you know, again, as somebody who was a proponent of Gusha before he hit the league mm. and, you know, talking, big up leave and all that stuff, it, it's definitely has a, a soft spot. So I definitely always want to mm. uh, bring in some Chinese representation um i have audio listeners you will not have heard uh, a big german man because he's out gallivanting around and he doesn't love you anymore will he see no. that i don't know he may Wait, see is, this is is Yiska actually tall because he gives off like online his impression of his big personality small frame uh he he claims to be like a seven eight gaming warlord i think he's I actually see. like i think he's i think he's taller than me he might be oh, wow. your height phil i think oh okay you're like Fine. six five i'm six four Six four. Okay. Yeah, I think you guys might be around the same height. That's oh, I've okay. never confirmed. I can't say for sure. Never scientifically checked in with him, but he's <laughs> he seems to claim as much. So okay. we'll run with that. But he is he is absent today. Yeska will not be here to talk about China. I know. Boohoo. I'm sure he's very upset about that, talking about players he knows absolutely nothing about. And a region that uh he couldn't uh keep me quiet for for mm. two hundred and seventy four episodes. So unlucky for him, but more for me, more for us. We're going to have a great time and more for our beautiful patron producers that makes this show possible. So I want to give a special thank you to our patron producers. This show is brought to you by Avril Vista, Baby, Battlecry, Briefine, Bean, Bronze, Bob, Buho, Picasso, Chris R34444, Kasha67, Lol Shin, Porkchop, Sammy, Rex Zane, Stuck in Bronze, and our YouTube members, Ice Am Jello, William Jess, Fish Man, Fire Element 6, AK, Chris R, Brother, Stuck in Bronze, Samuel, Esparza, Adam L, and Soggy Fumi, Contender China. I hear there's a good team. I hear there's some good teams in Contenders China. There yeah, are. I, th- I think that's fair to say. Um, yeah. Contenders China at the minute is a little bit uh, striated in that we have the good teams and we have the, if I'm being mean, the happy to be there teams. Is, hasn't um, like, that always been the case? Even back when I was doing, I was like, man, yeah. this Zenith of Optimism team, boy, they're they're happy to be here. Yeah, we, we definitely have a lot of teams with great names and <laughs> yes. poor performances. Um, but yeah, there, there are definitely some like 
some teams that I think can make a run into the Pacific Showdown that's coming up. And okay. uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get into those, I guess. Beautiful. Is there is there a like when you talk about striation, you know, we, we just had uh, we, we just kind of touched in Korea and it's like, yes, it's the O2 show. We yeah. uh, that's obviously yeah. the case. That's that's like the the most jarring and outlandish or like the 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 sore thumb of like the contenders Mm. region as a whole where it's just like yeah it's that team and everybody else is there kind of like an o2 in china at the moment so i think there has been so contenders china has been weird this year and and i don't mean weird in the way that like china has his reputation of um like playing weird stuff like they're they're playing meta compositions but Mm a side started maybe two weeks after players in china got hold of the first beta and so there was a lot of guesswork going in Contenders China, and there was yeah. one team that got it and got it instantly, and they just wiped the floor with everybody else. And then things got a little bit closer in A, and then a little bit closer, sorry, a little bit closer in B sides, and then closer still in Run It Down. But yeah, we still have uh, HLXC and Flagship Recreators very much at the top of that group and, and have been for the entirety of this year. Mm. I will say, I felt like the level of competition definitely picked up. Uh, as we got into our second and third tournament, uh, there was a massive gap there inside A. Like it was, yeah. it was monstrous. Uh, yeah, so it, in- it was <laughs> there was a Grand Canyon between oh, no. flagship recreators and the rest of the pack. Yeah, uh, but and I, that, I think I think in part of that, yeah, it, part of that, Jeff, is when we started up A sides, we didn't have a lot of the the like the names you're used to seeing in Contenders mm. China, like. Um, you know, there was no Team Chaser, no Team CC, sure, yeah. no Billy Billy Gaming. Like a couple yeah. of teams that returned, like uh, I think Time Resume and Zones were the two teams that came back. Um, and then everybody else was just like floating around on their own, forming teams that looked a little bit like some of these other bigger names, but not quite in some regards. And I think the teams that were able to stick together most of what they had last year in Contenders China are the mm. teams that, you know, actually accomplished stuff this year. Hmm. So I know that China has never been like the biggest or most popular region, but there's definitely mm-hmm. names that I think people, you know, would recognize, you know, Night God or yeah. X-Ray, Kyo, obviously coming from Chengdu. Um, and I know that there's, and maybe you guys can correct me here, but I know like October one and October two are like, <laughs> I know they're veteran players, but I still can never keep them straight. Who are they exactly? Who are the October brothers? It was uh, it was October two and October three. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. And they, October two is was winner that spent three years uh, playing yes, for yes, Billy yes. Billy. Yes, never then, quite okay. made it into Overwatch League, but had a long stint on Billy mm. Billy Gaming, which is kind of your that was the O two of right. Chinese continuers previously. Sure. Um, and then October three is is Mike Haley. Uh, okay. coming from sure, sure. coming from Spark, coming from Hunter mm. Spark, and he did very helpfully stop playing as October 03 in Run It Back, which was great because oh, having two evil. October followed by a number on the broadcast was difficult as a play-by-play caster. So he's back now playing as um, Kaylee, I believe. Ah. Yes, uh, and self-correction. I'm sorry, it was uh, Guangzhou Charge. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Yes. <clears throat> now those th- those are names that I think people definitely remember. Um, so, I, I mean, we could probably go through like quite a long list of returning players because, sure. you know, we, we have this glut of, uh, with some of the stuff that happened in the Overwatch League portion of the Chinese scene and players being dropped for, for various reasons, a lot of these guys found homes in mm. 
Chinese contenders and consequently yeah. went on to kind of wreck shop. Like, I think the big one that stands out from B-sides into um, Run It Back has got to be Liga, okay. who was signed for a little while onto um, Hangzhou Spark. Yeah. In fact, yep. sorry, I- I'm going to walk that back a little bit. That wasn't Run- that wasn't uh, the jettison from this season of what mm-hmm. happened in uh, Overwatch League. Because actually a couple of seasons ago, he was on Hangzhou Spark. Um, by a big margin, even though the team he played for, HLXE, didn't win this season, for my money, still the best tank currently playing in Contenders China. Okay. Uh, and a very strong argument that, you know, if you're looking to rebuild a Chinese roster, maybe you start with Lee Guerin and go from there. Was he on two way? I think he was on two way last think he year. Might have, cause I, th- I think, think he, he was, was still listed under Hangzhou Sparks roster. He was officially yes. uh, listed for them, but played for Billy Billy in 2021. Yes. Yeah, I think you're right there. He was definitely somebody that was just kind of like riding the bench for a long time. I think people who knew were like, you know, Liga is definitely somebody that could start. The issue with the spark is that they just have such an abundance of like resources that, you know, (laughs) it could fall through the cracks. And obviously they were playing with a mixed roster. So, you know, hard to necessarily break through. But it's I'm glad to hear that Liga is definitely, you know, still got it. Now, when it comes to him in particular, you know, obviously with Overwatch 2's move to single tank. Um, has he kind of showcased some of those traditional main tanks? Because I feel like that's like the, the hot button that everybody's trying to hit. Everybody can be great at the flex tanks, but once it gets to the Winston and the Rhine, eh, is he kind well, of a- okay? Let's that was that was a big question coming into this. <laughs> sure. So uh, f- for those who don't know, Liga, I mean, popped onto the scene. I first saw him playing on Team CC in 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, Team CC was playing in Chinese contenders at that point. They hadn't moved over to Korea yet. Uh, and uh, he played off tank there alongside Gaga. Gaga was the main tank for Team CC. Liga was their off tank. Uh, clearly in, in 2020, this is Overwatch 1, still two tanks. And that team was may have been arguably the best contenders team we've ever seen. Sure. I mean, they were that level of dominant. Uh, they went to Gauntlet in 2020 and absolutely just mopped the floor with everybody, with all the Korean teams, everybody. Like, that was, it wasn't close. And and that's when uh, that team kind of got picked apart, and Gaga and Liga both went to Overwatch League from there, and, and some, of, you know, some of the other players like uh, uh, 1987, and uh, oh, who was the other... Oh my gosh, I just spaced on who their other support was. They all went uh, to Overwatch League, is my sure. point. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's not even about them. It's about League. And so coming into the single tank setup, there was that question of can League actually play what you know the traditional main tanks to mm-hmm. this high level? And we didn't get to find that out until run it back. All we saw was Junker Queen for side A right. and side B. Uh, well, and to interject there, Jeff, um, like one of the reasons that we were talking so much about Liga on the way into this is because his Junker Queen was so, so good. Mm. Taking fights that I don't think any yeah. other Junker Queen would take if they were up in numbers, down players, ulting through them, and just decimating what was there. Like the, the mechanics and the game sense were so okay. good on that hero in particular that like that earned him a lot of credit reputation-wise. Mm. I mean, and we're talking easily our level good. Like just mm-hmm. in a vacuum, his Junker Queen sure. was uh, head and shoulders above mm-hmm. anybody that I had seen. I, I mean, frankly, I would give him best Junker Queen across all of tier two, across all five regions. Interesting. Cool. Okay. That, yeah, I mean, I that, mean it, those was, are, it was. That's 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 impressive. I mean, even just like with 
what you're saying there, Phil, where it's like, you know, taking these really aggressive fights almost has like this air of like Hanbin of like Dallas Fuel. Trying yeah, to, exactly. Like, really, the, the name I was thinking. Yeah, yes, sir. Like just the the absolute means to carry from the tank position is not something that like every team can say. So I, I th- I'm getting that that energy from the both of you that like, yes, this is like if Chengdu has to like start from scratch again, Liga possibly could be, you know, that 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 pinnacle piece, that that centerpiece yeah, of this this rebuild that could be happening. Who's to say? Well, okay, so let's let's move into our most recent tournament of Run It Back. Sure. Obviously, we're no longer in a Junker Queen meta, mm-hmm. and Liga is. I mean, has to play the Winston. I mean, we actually saw Liga play all ten tanks in one of the series. Uh, we did technically. We literally <laughs> played all ten tanks in three maps of Overwatch. Sure. I, so, I like the caveat here that was against Zones, who uh, okay. did not this have was a in great qualifiers. Time. This was in qualifiers, and they are playing some of the weaker teams. Sure, um, but then once we got to to real performance, the the Winston looked looked pretty darn good. Now, okay. I, I I think uh, we can we can zoom in on the winners finals versus the grand finals, which was HLXE versus flagship recreators in both instances. Mm-hmm. HLXE dominated clean three zero in the winners finals. Uh, and it was all Winston Rush. Mm. You know, it was, it was all that Winston composition that we had seen through our finals. Sure. And, and Liga looked fantastic. Then we go to the grand finals and X-Ray kind of uh, diffed a little bit on the, on the Winston. Sure. So it, we had this solid sold, you know, ship it stonks are high. Mm-hmm. Liga is the absolute best until the very last game of the year. And then suddenly there are question marks. Mm. So that's that's for me where I don't know if the consistency would be okay. there if I you're talking the, about a nine month season. Mm-hmm. I think the really fun thing about that is that we've now seen HLXE and flagship recreators play each other uh, two times across Run It Back and B sides, and that kind of pattern has kind of repeated itself because in B sides. Um, flagship recreators were knocked down into the lower bracket by HLXC. It was then a clean 3-0 to put them into the lower bracket. They met in the finals, and it was a 4-2, much closer, very hardly fought. And then the same thing happens again in Run It Back. They get knocked out 3-0, and they come back, and this time they're able to just like tip it over the edge and win out over HLXC, who were the favorites coming into that. Mm. Yeah, so, so in is... totality, they played each other four times, and it's yeah. three to one for HLXC. But that one is your most recent grand finals. Yeah. Okay, Flagship. so it's it, what I'm what I'm kind of hearing from that is that there is this kind of like interregion rivalry between HLXC and Flagship, where like these are the the two front horses, and it's just like yeah. who's better on the day, whose meta are we stepping into, who's you know who's performing a little bit better. Is that kind of the case? I think so. And to to give a little more backstory to this is that whilst we're talking about them as HLXC and flagship recreators, these rosters go back further as the unit. So actually you can extend this rivalry further mm-hmm. because HLXC at their core is a rebuilding of an earlier Billy Billy gaming roster. Sure. Flagship recreators, if the name doesn't give it away, is a rebuild of an earlier flag gaming roster. Right. And so like we have actually seen these players in various iterations play against each other for the past uh two plus years i think in contenders sure yeah definitely yeah three games that, yeah. that i reckon now looking kind of doing a little bit of like a glossary you know i don't want to dive too deep into the vods because i know i got experts coming on so i'll just pick their brains um God. one team that was was kind of odd to me that wasn't 
performing as well as I felt like the name recognition deserves. And I think you, everybody knows where I'm headed. Yeah. Uh, Solus Victorum, if I'm even saying that right, did not study Correct. Latin. Uh, how does a team with Eileen, Crystal, and, and Cho Chang, whom I've kind of flip-flopped on uh, throughout the last, like, five, six years, um, how, how riddle me this, how is this team not, like, dominating everybody? So I, I think it's a couple of different things over a couple of different seasons, like through A-sides, B-sides, and okay. Run It Back. Um, Solus Victorum in Run It Back were doing some interesting meta things so we actually got hmm. a chance to talk to there there are very few of the chinese staff on sure. twitter but because of, of the barrier that's there but we hmm. do have some of them here and there um and we got a chance to talk to caitlin very briefly who is a manager of flagship recreators um hmm. but also knows the scene a little better than us and we were watching solus victorum do things like in a very heavy winston sojourn like the, the kiriko banana rush yeah. as we were calling it meta they were doing things like running the doom fist it's like mm, okay a lot a lot and like we saw them do it against uh i don't think it was zones but you know as a zones level team sure um and, and it worked because like the rest of the quality of the roster was high enough that it didn't really make a big difference whether or not they were on the doom fist or not but then they started doing it against teams like flagship recreators like well that it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Like it is such a Doomfist at the time, despite how he is now, was just right. a trash tier pick, complete throw yes. pick. Yeah. 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 And we got a chance to talk to Caitlin specifically um about that. And they were saying that it was because they were so worried about shutting down Sea Wave on flagship recreators. Mm. Like they wanted just something to disrupt Sea Wave, who we can talk about later as sure, maybe yeah. the best DPS player in the region right now. Um and like I think that focus on that sticking point in particular didn't help them because they put themselves on the back foot so much with this one thing of right. like, oh, we'll just shut down Sea Wave and it'll go. So as far as run it back goes, I think it was just um, not a misread, but a, a strange strategic choice. For A-sides and B-sides, I think it actually gets a little bit harder to do. And I, I, I try and steer away from the, the analysis of oh, this team was just better because sure, we'd like yeah, to know yeah. a little more than that. But like, if you look on a roll-per-roll basis, I think it's hard to argue that certainly for B-sides, um, the Solo Sectorum roster across each roll just quite weren't as good as mm, flagship recreators. Okay. I'm just trying to find the uh, the B-sides roster for Solo Sectorum. Yeah, so Solo Sectorum, um, they had pressure, uh, a Korean tank player come in for okay. B-sides. They also had Elva on the DPS, um, and so they they had a I think maybe the oh yeah in fact the only cross language roster in the mm. region I would like to think that has uh, some impact it, on yeah. this as well. Um, and then there were questions about what role Molanran was picking up in that meta. So we saw Molanran kind of flex between like in the fairly classic DPS flex of like running the brig and running sure. things like Hanzo from from game to game. Yep. And I just think they didn't really know what they wanted to do or what their best look was in some of these matchups. And you know, you get that wrong at a critical time and you're gonna lose the entire series. For sure. I mean, and and just to elaborate on that, I I don't think that Souls Victorum really got that together until Run It Back. Yeah. Um, that's when they pulled Sho Chang over. They got Sho Chang from Flagship Recreators, actually. Flagship Recreators said, ooh, X-Ray, upgrade. And yeah. then Sho Chang went over to Solus. But Solus were running four DPS and, like, one support and, like, change tanks from A-sides to B-sides, then change tanks again from B-sides to Run It Back. Uh, had Molenran originally listed as like a player coach, but bounced around between DPS and support role. Yeah. Like they, they didn't quite have a whole team. 
No. Like, they just didn't have all the pieces together until run it back. And they started to look better. Um, they they went from fourth in A sides to fourth in B sides to third and run it back. So mm-hmm. we'll call that we'll call that improvement. But to answer your original question of how you look at these names, you're like, I recognize all these names. Yeah. I, I, these these players have got some talent. Mm-hmm. How did this not perform better? I think part of it was they didn't they didn't put together a complete team, and yeah. which is I mean, this is bringing back deja vu. Right. Like this has just got so many shades of Valiant on it. It's ridiculous. Like the organization just wasn't there to create a, a, a focus to get all the guns pointed in the right direction, have an identity and then take that identity into the competition and perform at your highest level. They just never got that really dialed in, Mm. or at least they took so long to get that dialed in. They were already just two steps behind. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have, I mean, and going up against, you know, your top two. Like they they did well against the rest of the, mm-hmm. uh, the the rest of the whatever the other teams that lined sure. up the tournament. Uh, I want to call it a roster, but that's not a roster. <laughs> that, that's <laughs> I mean, it kind of is. Yeah. Um, but they still didn't come close to taking out mm. flagship or HLXC. Mm. No, but I, I will add as like a, a little bit of a, a, a caveat on that is that there were two teams that took maps off of um, flagship recreators in Run It Back. Mm-hmm. So the Victorian was one of those. They did take okay. a control map off of um, flagship recreators who then went, oh, wait, actually, maybe we do need to take these guys a little <laughs> bit more seriously. And like when we were talking about the like the striation here of like the good teams and the happy-to-be-there teams, mm. A-sides, the good team was um, uh, flagship recreators. Mm-hmm. B-sides, it was flagship recreators and HOXE. I do think there's an argument to say that the good teams here are Solus Victorum, flagship and HOXE. Maybe you could argue we've got like uh, great, good everybody else and sure. in the good thing, but like I, I think with um, a rebuild season for Overwatch League in China coming up, we're about to see all of this really go into flux. Sure. And if there's really? not roles here for players on Solar Sectorum to move into Overwatch League, there certainly is room for them to move up into a team with a track record of success right. like Flagship or HLXC. And there's a question on what patch we'll see in Pacific Showdown. We can get into that mm-hmm. a little bit more later. But if we land in a Doomfist meta, yeah, I, Shou Chang's. That's you know, I don't even need that's that's just who what he does. You know, yeah, I, I may does. I may have tilted at him ad nauseum when he was in Goats, <laughs> but that's <laughs> he just couldn't play Doomfist, so that that was that. And his, yeah. his DPS actually wasn't terrible, so I, I got to give him credit there, but. Yeah, but we could straight up land in a Godfist meta, yeah? Uh, yeah. potentially, and, you know, yeah. depending Looking on what like happens it. with the patch. Yeah. Uh, and suddenly, Souls Factorum might look like they could be a second or third place team. Could be, could be uh, upset I, bound. I, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit here and pretend like they're gonna take down O2. I don't sure. care what meta it is. Sure. But they could, they could upset some of some of these other squads. They could upset T1 or even Flagship. Or, sure. I mean, if they, if we. Yeah, it's possible. Uh, it's possible. It's it's actually. I've just brought up the bracket now. It's really rough. Guess who Solus Victorum's first game is in the Pacific Showdown? Yes, and it's O two. It's O two. <laughs> yeah, so it's double E limb though. So. C- congrats on your lower It's an early run. Solus yeah, Victorum. it's an early <laughs> Godfist run. That I mean, that's the the beauty of the Chinese region. It's like you can you can name them a couple different ways. You know, they export a lot of like solid hit scan and yeah. they got some doomfist players shout out yeah. you know back in the day like show chang and Nietzsche, all like all those good names from way back when but one name from solace that definitely has caught my eye and i feel like i've seen some commentary about this on on the old bird app as well what's up with crystal 
Crystal was definitely somebody that I remember as being super talented, but never really landed all that well in Owl. So what's 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 the modern take with Crystal these days? Uh, perfectly serviceable Sojourn player, I think, is the okay. best thing yeah. you can say about Crystal. Okay. Uh, nowhere near um, Sea Wave levels. Um, I try to think. Or of Kaylee. This. Yeah, or Kaylee. Thank you. Um, but you know, still better than all the other Sojourn players that we had in, in Contenders China. Um, oh. I'll put an asterisk next to that, but continue. Mm. Oh, go on. Let's hear the asterisk. <laughs> Flandre. Yeah, Flandre. Talk... Yeah. Flandre put up an incredible performance on a middling team and drug them into fourth place on a okay. team that came out of open division and or whatever their, their equivalent is to open division. Um, mm. Open test or whatever they call it. But, I think uh, it is just open division. Is it just open division? Okay, there you go. Yeah. Um, I thought Flandre was was phenomenal, up and coming, like sure, not sure. not not sea wave, my Kelly level a, a and, development and running prospect. back. Yeah, but I think put up a comparable performance to Crystal, frankly, okay. on a on a much worse squad. All right, fine. Let, let's let's, let's uh, agree to uh, compromise and put him <laughs> and Crystal at, at about level there. Like, uh, did we actually get sure. to see them play each other? I can't remember. I'd need to go back and look at the bracket. Yes, that was your okay. uh, third place game. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, Solo Sutorum did come out on top on that one, so mm, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm a little bit justified. We'll see. <laughs> no, I mean, their their roster all around was better. Yeah, but I'm just talking yeah. strictly the Sojourn. Just eye test, one to, you know, peer-to-peer. Flandre, right. it looks comparable, and I'm here for it. That's that's kind of the, the antithesis, or the... Not, not the antithesis, the actual thesis of the like thesis. what yes. what I'm really looking for is people like the Flandres, people like the Skewds, where it's like, okay... I need to get in touch with all these representatives for the contenders. You know, we got to get we got to get our scouting done. So it's like, OK, yeah. cool. If Landre and Crystal could be even talked about in the same level, it communicates that super, super well to people who know yeah. Al, where it's like, OK, that's a name that like, you know, we should be keeping an eye on. So that that's really interesting. Um, yeah, Flandre is definitely one of those. Um, okay. Real quick, I'm sorry. I, I'll, I'll give you the mic in just a second, Phil. I was just going to say that I think you could have swapped Crystal and Flandre on their okay. rosters, mm-hmm. and you wouldn't have seen a giant difference in performance okay. from the gotcha. squads as a whole. That would gotcha. be my my theory on it. Mm-hmm. So what I was going to add is actually the, the title Destruction Gaming, which is the roster that inherited the um, – Tattered Destruction Gaming are like a slightly re- a slight rebuild of the Time Resume roster who disbanded following B-Sides. I actually think it's a really interesting roster when you look at who's on there, particularly the fact that, again, it's one of the few mixed-language rosters. Right. Uh, them and Team Arslan, I think, also yeah. had Korean players. Um, yeah. So they have Emolga previously of... Um, uh, this is why I should always keep Liquipedia open. So I've I got my like notes next what I'm to me talking here. About. I feel um, uh, yeah, has played for like... Uh, uh, first Fabulous Fighter, Blossom, Dark Mode Korea, okay, Starlight yeah. Gaming. Um, uh, and in addition to that, they also picked up Apollo, who Apollo is a weird one for me because we picked up in A-Sides um, a group of players who hadn't really had a chance to digest Overwatch 2. And the team that Apollo was playing for at the time, which was uh, NGUS, just ran Zarya comps the entire time. Okay, lovely. Yeah. And like Apollo, bless his heart, did everything he could um, Uh on the Zarya in that meta. And it just didn't work out, but has clearly done enough on the heroes in that time for the Time Resume Rebuilders TDG to pick him up again. We also Mm. have, um, there's a lot of like, Oh yeah, th- this player was in contenders on yes. this roster. Um, like it's it's a really interesting roster. I kind of hope they keep together, refine, and we see them in whatever comes next for this mm. level of play in China. I mean, that's 
there's only one player that made it over from time resume. They inherited their slot, but I mean, a lot of the time resume people went to meta raise. Did they not? Yeah, I'm getting yeah. confused. Thank you. So that's that's where their players went. Title Destruction did get the time resume slot, and they mm. got BBT or who played for like was last year wasn't even on this year's roster but this title destruction roster like three of the players we had heard nothing out of like their their wikipedia their first entry is this year right i mean like that's they are very green right and this is my expectations were uh, at the bottom for this Mm -hmm. squad and i I think that's one of the reasons they impressed me so much and flandre is one of those flandre is ngus who i mean they played in a sides Mm-hmm. I believe that's the, the only entry. <laughs> that's the only entry for Flandre. Like that's and then mm-hmm. I mean, and this gamer impressed the hell out of me. Yeah, um, there was like Emolga was is like the longest tenure okay. uh, of any players on the squad. But no, title destruction got fourth place. Like that's, yeah, that's impressive. Yeah. If, no, if, they did good work. They did good work. If you're telling yeah. me that these guys are coming in super green and you know still taking games or maybe even running it close against a team you know for example running you know circling back to like solus victorum where it's like you have somebody like eileen and crystal and Chang and ouya it's like yeah. i mean even blx kind of like rings some bells i'm not like super familiar but like that's definitely a name that i remember where it's just like okay like complete rookies solid veterans who've played in the league it's like okay there should be some discrepancy here and it seems like it's at least you know competitive yeah, it was. I think a, a really good mark in their favor is that, as Jeff so kindly reminded me, uh, the time resume roster became Matarays almost wholesale, like a, a couple of swaps. Okay. Uh, they played each other on day three, and it was a 3-1 in favor of title destruction gaming. Mm. So, like, Matarays, time resume, they have actually been playing together for a long time. They were yeah. a very strong team in A-sides and B-sides, and here TDG came in and just knock them out in day three so definitely like a like this this up-and-coming team that like is doing you know kind of shaking up the region that's your next generation of of chinese okay like title destruction to me are your next generation of names that will become household Mm -hmm. assuming that the region continues to grow and thrive um and that was that match all preds were on matter race like mm-hmm. no one expected title destruction to pull that one out every single person gave matter race the edge on that one uh and we were all wrong and it was a joy sure. to watch it was it was a yeah, joy yeah. to be wrong and, and to watch that happen isn't that always fun quickly. you get to be wrong yeah. it's just like whoa like oh, this yeah. is so against convention and I, i'm wrong but i don't mind it yeah yeah oh, I, um, I love when that happens one one other point again for in favor of title destruction gaming is they uh, did take a map off of Solus Victorum, who we were just talking about being uh-huh. up in that upper strata. So, yeah, we are definitely for the region way healthier at running back than we were in A sides, where it was just a one sided stomp the entire mm. time. But then, uh, top three teams were all your veterans, right? And I think, uh, I, yes. I definitely think there's some things that we could touch on there, unless we, uh, unless you had anything else you wanted to mention for for title destruction. No. Um, cause I, I, I'm anxious to talk about flagship. We've, we've kind of talked, yes. spoken their name a bit, but we haven't really gotten to delve into this roster yet. And, and this roster is exciting. I mean, they, they are the champions like HLXC mm-hmm. were favored flagship took it and looked really, really good doing yeah. so. And with how uh, much love you're giving C wave, it's just like, okay, that's definitely a yes. name that like I can recall back to and like see kind of that, that same almost like Flandre esque story where it's just like kind of played on some lower rung teams and like now is being built up as this, you know, almost maybe a pinnacle of, you know, where China's at currently. So yes, mm-hmm. give me, give me all the flagship juice. 
Well, I, I think certainly talking about C-Wave, here's, here's the metric for me, is there is, even having done three seasons of it now, there is nobody in the community who understands Contenders China more than Kenobi, and I know you guys are close. Um, yes, very much so. For Kenobi's money, and for my money, uh, C-Wave is the best hitscan currently operating in Contenders China, and I think that was true last season as well, okay. even if the well. team overall was only second place. Mm. I would go so far as to say the best DPS. Really? Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I, I, with this most recent meta, uh, I feel a little bit sorry for every DPS who is looking to make a career for themselves, who is not on Sojourn. Uh, sure. <laughs> yeah. Because, because, like, yes, your Reaper is there, and maybe they'll get a nice death blossom every now and then. But like, for sheer punching power, for sheer building a name for yourself, right now, nothing matters quite so much as a Sojourn. So, sure, Night God definitely had a great season, but mm. there's a reason why we're talking about Sea Wave first. Yes. And like, don't get me wrong, I am actually a big fan of Night God. On the end of A sides, nobody impressed me more than Night God, and yeah. maybe at least in part of that was like watching him pub stomp a little bit was quite a lot of fun sure, sure. um so like you know he would uh, i can i can't think who the game was against but i remember watching him play around on midtown where i think he started on farah went to the genji went back to the farah and just like they just couldn't touch him he was playing <laughs> up against enemy spawn on farah which like That's talk about normal. yeah to talk about um heroes with a high risk factor and like sure. they just couldn't touch him really really strong player well, and then going back to Sea Wave, I think the similar a similar thing could be said, and where it's not just the Sojo. We saw that with the Widowmaker. I mean, like Widowmaker on Dorado comes mm. to mind. I believe that was B sides, but it was Sea Wave absolutely just took over the entire lobby, and it was I hadn't seen anybody take over a lobby with a Widowmaker like that in a long time. Where it was, if you got anywhere close, like. Point A got capped, but the cart never moved. Yeah. You got anywhere close to that gate of point A Dorado, Sea Wave took their head off. And it was it was insane. It was yeah. it was incredible to watch. That's it's 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 nice to hear because my recollection of these two names is not it is like, oh, like you have there's potential here, there's there's you know, maybe they could grow into something good and to hear like the flowers that you guys are giving them and like see, to hear that they're like mm-hmm. standing atop the region is like, you know, some of the best prospects that you could kind of pluck out of the region. It's like super fun. But one name in particular that has been like teetering on the edge, I keep asking around, you brought up Kenobi and I'm like, you know, what's up with tank? You know, give me some good tanks. Yeah. And I'm like I hear this, I hear some good stuff about X-Ray, but, like, I do a little research, and I'm like, okay, there's something here, there's something, I don't know, what's your guys' kind of opinion there? Because I feel like, when I look at it, I'm like, there's, it's close, and this was, like, last year, it's close, but, like, do you think he's pushed over the edge? Maybe is he 2023 ready? I think X-Ray is definitely an upgrade for flagship recreators over, uh, sorry, you're going to have to help me out here, Jeff. Was it Shochang playing for them? It was Shochang, yes. Yeah, definitely think he's an upgrade over Shochang. I think uh, at least part of the reason why we saw um, flagship win this one out over HLXC, mm-hmm. and we talked about this earlier when talking about um, whether or not uh, Liga can manage the main tank role, sure. is that it was a main tank meta in the mm. season like it was a winston meta and that is kind of x-ray's bread and butter he's you right. know in overwatch terms he's a main tank mm-hmm. you get is an off tank and 
Liga is clearly doing very well at the Winston. You've got to to finish second in this region. Um, but I think it was just a much more comfortable experience for X-Ray here. And clearly he's got some good, uh, some good gelling here with the rest of the team. X-Ray looked fantastic, yeah. particularly on grand yeah. finals day. Sure. X-Ray, I mean, X-Ray stepped up on the Winston in a big way. Yeah. Um, and was very aggressive. And there was, like, I mean, Paul and LaFon were talking last week, like, HLXC just kind of dropped the spaghetti everywhere. Yes. And it was an easily preventable loss. Uh, they they did seem like to a change... thing to say. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, they did change up their tactics. Like it felt like HLXC weren't peeling as much, okay. but X-Ray was getting so much more value in the grand finals than mm. he was able to get in the winners' finals. The winners' finals, X-Ray would dive in, and the entirety of HLXC would just collapse onto X-Ray, and they would take the tank out first. That wasn't happening in the grand finals. X-Ray was yeah. managing to avoid that that peel and get the timing right to where they were starting to really punish, be it a support or a vulnerable DPS. Uh, X-Ray was doing a, a much better job in the grand finals of recognizing the vulnerable target and, and being able to pounce on it without sacrificing themselves to do it. And we're talking in one-day turnaround, right? Those right. were back-to-back yeah. days of gameplay. Uh, and X-Ray looked a, t- a tier above from winner's finals to grand finals. I don't know what they had for breakfast that morning, but it didn't look like the same player. If we could could see that X-ray eating Winston-O's every day, then absolutely he is out. Okay. Now that that's, that's a a solid, like what's interesting is I'm, I'm, it it inspires me with a lot of hope with how much, you know, uh, obviously there's some tumultuous stuff going on with with Blizzard in China at the moment. And, Nobody right. really knows what's going on with APAC. Um, nope. So it's really nice to hear that there is this kind of like budding of talent that like there is there is talent here that you can promote and like apply to some of these teams where it's just like, okay, you know, I love me some Jinmu, but like does Chengdu need a third DPS? Probably. Yeah. Does it need does it does it have to be somebody like Sea Wave or Night God? Possibly. You know, it there there are names that you can pull from, and that's what's super exciting. And it's not just yeah. like Oh, we'll just promote that team. It's like, you know, bits and pieces here. Maybe this team could be promoted, you know, wholesale. Um, I think I think you could probably look at Flagship or HOXC and go, yeah, that's actually a great start. You pick up all sure. or most of that roster and then like pick little bits and pieces here from there. I think if you were looking at a full rebuild in mm-hmm. China and, you know, we certainly have some teams that have dropped a good number of members here. Right. There is an opportunity here for an Overwatch League team to kind of pull the sticks out from under the contenders region right now in the if you were to pick up uh for your roster both x-ray and liga i think suddenly the competition at contenders level in the region levels out at least a little bit here sure. and then everyone else in chinese overwatch uh overwatch league level is like well okay who is left to pick up and they're kind of getting the the leavings of who wasn't brought back into right. overwatch league i think that'd be a really fun thing to see as and when we get rebuilds what what that kind of says to me, and maybe you guys can kind of extrapolate on this, which I feel like kind of is a similar thread to Korea, and I'm interested to see if this this moves farther into other regions as well, because I have a sneaking suspicion it might, um, is that a lot of the dominance, a lot of the success-driven teams, these teams that see repeat success and that do kind of like uh, like you mentioned earlier, Phil, that kind of stratify themselves out. Are these teams are like really prominent tanks? Would you would you kind of agree there? For the both of you, really? I, I I I will let Jeff have the mic in a second because I've yeah. been talking for the past two minutes. <laughs> um, 
Uh, I think it's twofold, and uh, I can I can hear uh, our friend Ethan Ocean um, sort of hammering on the door to get this point across. Great tanks absolutely will set you up for success, hmm. but if you look at the top two teams, they are, despite the fact that the names may have changed and maybe they split apart, but they've come back together. What they have is time together as players so mm. like when we talk about like yeah. picking up individual talent that is absolutely great i think at the contenders level have a roster that stays together for a long time and takes this talent polishes it to a fine mirror sheen those are the teams that win every time and like this is this is demonstrable across every region like look at o2 blast look at uh, sure. okay slightly historic teams now in british hurricane but yeah any team that can be together for a long time uh, yes, you need the core pieces, but I think that is the big difference maker, honestly. Agreed. It kind of feels historically that tanks have never been China's strong suit. No, um, agreed there. Yeah. Never the case. <laughs> you know, so it's it's always <laughs> been very DPS forward in mm-hmm. this region. Um, but when you do get the when you do have those gushes, when you have Gaga or Lige, when you have X Ray, that's when that's it's when it kind of pushes that that team up a, up a notch. Yes. And Feels so, like yeah, I, I, which makes it tough to judge how those tanks would would stack up against some of the other main tanks coming out of the or some other tanks coming out of the sure. other regions. Of um, so yeah, I mean that's kind of where I land on that. Like, yeah, I mean X Ray and League look really good in this tournament. How would they stack up against you know somebody like Off? Like, uh, it's it's definitely hard you know, to see them internationally. But what's hmm. so interesting, and I and I kind of got this feeling from LaFon and Paul last show was that like yes O2 is like so good they have all these good players of course but like when you start to like bridge the gap and you look at these other teams a lot of a lot of what you hear consistently amongst these like second third fourth place teams is that their tanks are very consistent they have this Mm -hmm. identity they have a style and it seems very focused around the tank player especially with an Overwatch 2 obviously the move to uh, one tank makes it you know harder to kind of find that identity people mm-hmm. are still kind of like trying to suss that out so it is sure. it is a narrative that i i am interested to explore and and it's interesting to kind of see at least some of the stirrings there so mm-hmm. one of the things that i do want to do um just as a fun little experiment during these contender shows um is i want to give each kind of guest their you know dream team like if you had to build oh. a you know if you had to promote a team wholesale today that you could build, I place you in the GM position for Chinese expansion team number five, right? And you have to build a team. What does your team look like? We'll start with you, Bullskunk. What, what, what's at least the core? Give me the core. Let's start with the core, and then we'll move to Phil. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Does it have to be, like, do I have to just pick up a team, or do I mix and match? You get, you get to mix and match whatever your whatever your dream team looks like from run it back, A-sides, B-sides. You get to pick it. Oh, that is an <laughs> interesting one. Um, I mean, okay, I'm gonna st- I would stick with Sea Wave and Night God. Okay. Like that's that's your your DPS line. Uh, they are they are consistently awesome. I think they they cover a decent amount of heroes. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's do I have a player limit on this? Like, can I take Lige and X Ray? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I'll say six. I'll say six. Okay. Like, let's do league minimum six players. So you have your five starters and a sub. Oh, oh, this is this is an interesting one. 
Um, because if I'm gonna build a dream team, I would absolutely pick up both of them. Sure. Because that does seems like they complement each other. Exactly. As we've touched on, they absolutely kind of fill the void of, of each other's hero mm-hmm. pools. Very much so. Uh and I mean if you you want a, a Sigma map, like you want Liga out there, like one hundred percent. Um the supports for me is where it gets a little dicey. Mm. And I, I thought Sentry was was a really good Lucio. I I mean, I think I would actually take Salvation. I think I would split their support line. Okay. Um, and take Salvation's Kiriko and Century's Lucio. That may be, it may be a crazy take. Um, as a tank player, judging supports is not my best attribute. Sure, sure, but sure. But I think that's where I would, by my eye okay. test, I think that's where I would lie. Yeah. X-Ray, Lige, Z-Wave, Night God, Century, and uh, Salvation. All right. Phil, what's your team looking like? So here's the here's the awkward thing, is that I am 100% in agreement with Jeff here. Um, that would have, if I had gone first, that would have been exactly the thing that I picked <laughs> okay, as well. Okay. Um, so <laughs> let, me, let me have a think. So um, I have been for a while a big fan of Night, uh, Night God and Sea Wave. I would want to keep those two together. I think mm-hmm. they work yeah. particularly well together. Um, it's hard to make an argument not to pick up both Liga and X-Ray. Um, <laughs> I, I, really, what what can you what can you do that is better than that as a tank lineup in this region? I I don't think there is an option. If we were going into a uh, a God Fist meta, if we had to have a Doom sure. Fist, sure you pick up Shou Cheng, but I don't think that is enough of a. You can't pick up one. You can't pick up a player because they play one hero incredibly right. well exactly. at this level. You want someone with a bit of flexibility. Um, yeah, I, I struggle to think of, uh, you could maybe argue that lie from matter rays, um, is worth a shot in the tank lineup, okay. but the only reason I would be saying that is because I didn't want to have exactly the same set of picks as Jeff. <laughs> sure. uh, I, 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 I think he's actually nailed that. And that is the team you pick up from contenders. Honestly, this puts a huge okay. smile on my face thinking about this squad. I feel like yeah, that team would, would, would actually slap. Like, I would sponsor know. that team. I, I would <laughs> no problem at all. Get we'll, my we'll name get, on the jersey. We'll get the old it. Kickstarter running, and we'll we'll, yeah. we'll have to self fund this team, Valiant style, and and get these guys in there. Because it, I, I feel like we may be doing October two and Kaylee a little bit of a disservice because they were really good. They were. Damn it, Sea Wave and Night God. This synergy is just undeniable. <laughs> and apologies what, what, if I cut you off there. No, no. Oh. Where, where we've kind of landed with this is. Oh, you know, you could probably pick up any of the players from the top two teams. <laughs> like, well, yes, I mean, that's that's correct. that's a given. It's it's yeah. it's difficult to not win, especially with like how the tier two ecosystem is as it is. Like, it's hard for these regions not to be super stratified. So it's just like, yeah, like maybe you have the gem project player that you want to tag along and be your little you know shonen protagonist that's going to climb the ranks and try real hard and and become hokage one day right it's it's just hard not to just go two teams very good smash together great yep. team put proper on the Dallas fuel yeah. boom good. <laughs> really good and they get better it you know how do you, how do you get anywhere different from that um let me i i, I Call me biased, but Eileen, no, nobody, nobody's interested. Or you just don't want to break up like the kind of synergy that Sea Wave and Nightgaff have. It's really hard to judge whether Eileen is good enough at Overwatch Two ah, to really go toe to toe with them because Solar Sectorum are still 
if you compare them to the top two teams, just not in a fit sure. place to compete right sure. now. And, you know, we can talk about, was that the fact that, you know, Sho Cheng is kind of a specialist when he has, right. has to do a generalist role, he doesn't do well enough and the team collapses around that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But, you know, I, I could be, con- I'm open to being convinced that Eileen is worth a pickup here. He certainly has the track record and the history for, sure. for it, but just was not impressive enough to make him the first run pick for me. No, I, agree. I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense, especially when you look at the meta, and I have to imagine, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but when I look at this roster and I see, like, Crystal, I'm like, okay, that's probably, and you guys kind of mentioned it, that's probably your Sojourn player, so it's like, all right, Molonron and Eileen are on Reaper duty. Not the most, like, flashy, not the most, like, no. super high representative, yeah. and you're just kind of stuck there. It's a lock, right? Like, you don't really play much else, so it's like, that's not something Eileen's, like, mostly known for right you yeah. want to think you want to play the genji you want to play the tracer and it's just like like you're saying if he doesn't have the the platform to do it how can we judge him this is That's a weird exactly thing right. for weird thing for me to say on air and i may regret saying it um, <laughs> okay molon run for me is a little bit of a guilty pleasure no uh, i agree no i agree 100%. i agree by which i, I mean i i watched them play in b-sides and molon run was swapping duty between uh brig and then the flex DPS roll, and notably the Hanzo. And uh, I'd have to go back and figure out what exactly map it was. Mm-hmm. But it's a, it's a match that cost them their run in the tournament, so a lower bracket uh... run towards the end. And we saw Morlan Ran swapped off of the brig onto the Hanzo, and he just wrecked shop. Yeah. Like, there were, it was a Circuit Royale map, um, and they just couldn't deal with Morlan Ran. And it's like, oh, yeah, I've predicted Sons of Torn taking this map. Yeah, I'm back in the game, baby. And then, boom, back on Brig, and the whole thing yep. just fell apart. So, like, I don't know. I have a complicated relationship with Morlan Ran, and I kind of think it would be fun to have him on a team. He's clearly very flexible. Yeah. Um, but also, he can find so many ways to disappoint me. Oh, so fun to watch, you, though. Yeah. Molar Red is like chaos theory yes. embodied yes. into an Overwatch player. One hundred percent, and it's a joy to watch. Can, like, can I just can I just very quickly interject? Uh, go and look at Molan Rand's player picture yes. on Wikipedia because it just okay. suits what we've been saying about him so well. Like he's he a just looks demon. like such a little scamp. Yeah. He's a little rascally guy. He's just like <laughs> he's just a funny little guy. Yeah. And this and, and, and it's it's so funny that like you approach that with such hesitation because that is exactly my relationship with him. Like even yeah. going back prior to like the contenders era where it was I think he was playing on T1W at the time, like yes, way sir. back when in like the Premier League, where he is he's always been this like really gadgety player where they have him on they have him on some supports and they put him on Farah and then they put him on these really odd like projectile heroes that just like have never really been meta. And he, you can you can see the talent and then he goes and plays somber and feeds his brains out and it's just like okay yep. what the, like <laughs> yep. what are we doing here guy and it's and it's so frustrating and i think you you had such a you you encapsulated the feeling around Molaron so yeah. so well i i yeah, couldn't he's, agree he's more. so reliable until he isn't <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a fun time can't, can't i just see a mischievous there. little gremlin in that picture now like <laughs> right, <you're> right. so <laughs> right <laughs> scamp is is the right word scamp, perfect word yeah 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 Gotcha. Now, is there was there a team for the both of you that you, you felt like, given an extra week, given you know maybe a patch or something, some kind of change, not necessarily to the roster, but like there there was something more there that you know given more time that maybe they could have clicked. Is there is there a team or a player that kind of fits that bill for the both of you? Bullskunk, we'll start start going there. Anybody? Um, we've touched on title destruction a bit, and sure. I think um, 
they just need time. Again, a okay. bunch of rookies. Like, if they come back next year, I think they could continue to grow at a very quick pace just from given what we saw. But I, th- I think end had a lot of potential. Okay. Um, and, and it was it was really a couple of players on there where I I think they had some potential to to showcase more if they had if they had one little piece if they had mm-hmm. one something else and I, I i assume you'll probably go into your your skewed award here at some point i am prepped for that so i don't want to <laughs> okay. like we won't name and shame anybody just yet i won't okay. i don't want to throw everybody out there just yet <laughs> yeah, but yeah. i i will say that's a team okay you, there were two teams that took a map off of flagship recreators we talked about souls victorian being one of them and was the and. other team that ah, took okay. a map off of flagship recreators Interesting. on Coliseo. And, I mean, it was, you know, there was CNZ-like was a name that stood out. Like, played Genji yeah. randomly. Mm-hmm. And played really well on Genji. And played really, really well on Genji in a meta that is very much not a Genji meta. Mm-hmm. So, like, you got to give some props to that. But you're like, it's kind of, again, back to a one-trick hero type of deal. I'm not saying that they were one-trick. That's, that sounded too harsh. But you got to have more flexibility yeah, and show more proficiency on more than just one hero. But, man, did that Genji look really good. Sure. So, I mean, you kind of hinted at it. I mean, Phil, was there anybody there, team or player-wise, that, that felt that bill? And just a little bit more time? Uh, the, the sort of... Uh awkward and argumentative side of me wants to say zones just because i think it's funny to say that may- maybe after all these years zones could finally be good okay. um uh, I-, I think there's an argument been made here for matter raise time resume as was prior to this season um so they shook up their roster a little bit i believe uh they lost uh coldest to um Oh, HLXC. HLXC, thank you. Yeah. Um, so they, they've had Mika and Coldest on their roster, which was that they've those two have played together for oh, a yeah. very long time. Long time. Um, they picked up Who instead, which is funny if you're a fan of old jokes about baseball. Um, <laughs> but also, I think like with a a bit more time with a meta that suits them a little better, Mata Rays could be in the conversation for being up in that upper echelon. They just didn't quite hit it and run it back. Let me let me curveball this as like an aside. There, like what what does that meta look like? The dream. Meta Rays, meta. Like, what? What's the key there that unlocks this team to kind of push them into like the? the uh, I mean, to to get on with the conversation we were having about like teams living and dying by their tank. Sure. If they're going to stick with Lie, then it's a meta that suits Lie, who is a little more traditionally an off tank player. Gotcha. You okay. have a Diva meta. I think that suits them nicely. Mm-hmm. Um, Sigma oh. maybe a little bit as well. Okay. See, and I was thinking anything dive. Yeah. Sure. That's because um, I, I, I think Akita and Akato are kind of two you would want to lean into from Mata Rays. And it's, they go to that dive look, and they looked way better than, mm. than playing any of the Rush-style comps. So I think if, if you went into a, a, a dive meta, and I, I don't know if, if Lai has like a wrecking ball in their pocket or anything, which I know is more like Overwatch 1 dive. But still. Yeah. Right, um, but something you know, something along okay. those lines, I think, is, would would suit them a lot more than than the rush style metas we've gotten from both the Junker yeah. Queen and the, the Winston Rush. I mean, it could still be you know Winston dive, but played with the, with Genji Tracer and sure. very traditional dive. Yeah. yeah. All right. Now I know Bullskunk, you kind of uh, alluded to it, but I do 
I do find it interesting to to try to suss out a, a skewed award winner. It sounds like you've got a name prepped and ready to go. So let's hear it. Who's who's your skewed award winner? And it is from End, and it is actually a support player, but it is a flex support, not a main support. It is Plain. Plain. Plain, uh, the Kiriko from End mm. was incredible. I uh, was a big reason they won that Coliseo map. And I think a, a real shining light on a squad that was otherwise kind of weird. I felt like like Plane was holding this together. You know, I mean, they just just pulling everything out. Like, get the duct tape. Like, <laughs> give me give, give me some chairs. We're just gonna p- put it in front of this gap. I mean, you can see like arms just growing out, trying to plug all of the holes in this team. And I felt like they were one that if you put them on a better roster, they would look like a phenomenal Kiriko. Mm-hmm. And it is within that vacuum of well, all we've seen is Kiriko for sure. the entirety of. 2022 but that that stood out to me to to such a degree that they took a map off of the champions Mm -hmm. based on that alone had a like a 60 second rush built up like to where they got an additional rush over flagship recreators throughout like two or three team fights they lay lapped flagship as far as building up kitsune rush Mm -hmm. and that absolutely steamrolled them into winning that map and it was Mm -hmm. all on the back of of playing Interesting for such a milk toast name. Doesn't sound incredibly <laughs> plain to me. Phil, right. is there anybody and, that kind of sticks out for you that you know deserves a, uh, a spotlight? Yeah. So weirdly, we've actually already spoken about them, and they are on the same team. Um, CNZ like for end, okay. I think showed a degree of flexibility and talent that I think with a little more time and on the right roster with mm. the right with the right coaching in particular, I think. Um, stands to be a, a a real future prospect here. I think one of the problems for End is that they had, uh, if, if you go look at their roster, it's four DPS, one yes. tank, two support. Yeah. And so when you are splitting time between that many players, what you end up with is a lot of quite good DPS players. What you would really like is two phenomenal DPS mm-hmm. players. And so with a bit more focus, I think, uh, with a bit more focus and a meta that really suits a player like CNZ, like, and he is from what we've seen from him so far, like a very classical flex DPS player. You're talking okay. uh, Genji, a bit of Tracy, that 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 kind of stuff. So I think CNZ like uh, is definitely a name to look out for in the next whatever we get from Contenders China. Sure, sure. Maybe a player to kind of climb up, you know, join yeah. a flagship, join a HLXC, you know, just yeah. to try to grow within the region, maybe even, who knows? Yeah, get get the guy an apprenticeship in a slightly <laughs> yeah, smaller, exactly. better coached roster, and I, I think he'll climb. I, I do want to give another shout out to yeah. Flandre. We mentioned it earlier. Oh, I yeah. mean, they did title destruction actually did fairly well. So I don't mm. consider that somebody coming from a shit team. You know, like <laughs> sure. so that's why he, he didn't get my skewed award, but I still want to reiterate Flandre is a name to watch out for. It's, I just it, want to give him that shout. It's definitely like I don't I don't watch a ton of League of Legends, but like I I get like the the connection there. I believe that Flandre is a uh, a former the the I think the name comes from a former uh, yes, time Chinese League of Legends. I, I believe so. Yeah, I yeah. believe so. I think it was an eighty carry. I don't know. Maybe somebody in the comments can correct me. Uh, all that good stuff. Um, so it's, it's I know I okay fun fun story yeah. on that. I know Aspass is who is their teammate, their DPS player, and I didn't know that until I saw it at the esports awards last night. And I was like, Aspass, wait a minute, that's where oh. they got that name from. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. They got voted for like play of the year or whatever. Ah, you know, and it was okay, like, it was okay. a league player or something like that. Anyway. Yeah. It's it's not super uncommon. I, I very right. vaguely remember uh, a couple players changing their names and kind of giving homage to some 
some esports legends back in the day, but um, obviously one of the big kind of uh, pieces of news or focal points on your guys' agenda obviously has been uh, Pacific Showdown qualifiers, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. proper coming up. I know that we kind of talked about it earlier with uh, Solus Victorum, but um, I'm going to hit you with the, the hard-hitting questions right at the gate. Is who's who's the best team? Maybe not who's the best team. Let's let's do it this way. <laughs> Who are you rallying behind from China to try to get some upsets? Who's who's the most likely out of the three? Out of flagship, HLXC, mm-hmm. and Solus Victorum. Who's who's going the farthest? The easiest call here is that it's not Solus Victorum. It's a it's a difficult first game. O2 Blast, uh, I think, can play basically whatever they want and probably win over Solus Victorum. Sure. Um, which is, is rough for Solus Victorum. Hopefully it's a good experience for them. I, you know, looking at this looking at the bracket in particular, so like the the, the run for the Chinese teams oh. is Solus versus O2 Blast, rough. flagship versus T1. HLXC versus Ground Zero Gaming. Now, out of those, the only one that I don't think I can call is HLXC Ground Zero Gaming because mm-hmm. I didn't follow Australia that closely. I don't have a good oh, grasp on sure. what their talent level is like at, at Ground Zero. Um, on strength of schedule here, I kind of feel like it's got to go to HLXC. Sure. I think HLXC will take that one. For me, the tough one to call is Flagship versus T1. Okay. Definitely. Again, uh, like to harken back to that, the previous episode with uh, Paul and the font, if you are interested in Craig, go check that out. Like subscribe, all that good stuff. But like, that was another yeah. team that I heard from them that was just like, eh, we're not so sure. Like could mm, drop yep. some spaghetti, you know? So yep. is there a potential upset in the making there a little bit? I'm, I'm, I'm sensing a little hesitation. So the, the um, problem, the problem is these are like, because they've been separated from international play for so long, they sure. are, Galapagos regions, right? They they have their own quirks in how <laughs> yes. they play, and until we start like introducing them onto the same island, mm-hmm. it's really hard, hard to say tell. definitively how that goes. Yep. I think Flagship can take this. Yeah, I'm here. I for think it. Flagship can I'm take here this. For it. I I'm like the energy too. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I just I want to see Sea Wave and Night God just just come in and take over the server. Like mm. to me, that would. Uh, just put yeah. the biggest smile on my face. I, I, I'm not 100 percent sure that's what would happen, but sure. But even it, even just a percent, I, I believe. Nothing. I believe it's probably <laughs> realistically it's probably 60 40 in T1's favor. Okay. But damn it, I'm gonna I'm gonna nudge that 40 as close as I can to 50 yeah. 50. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna give them all of the hopium. So, um, you know, if if I'm taking away my objectivity here, I did try and do this earlier because I thought, oh, it'd be fun for me to retweet the bracket that was released on yeah, Twitter yeah. with my own take. And I went, oh, I'm just voting for the Chinese teams because I like them because I've been watching them more. So I just <laughs> don't know invested. if I can be objective. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> How it's crazy hard would it be not for to fl- just homer it, right? Yeah. Flagship and HLXC would then meet each other in the semifinals. Uh, <laughs> yeah. it's international competition like you said we haven't seen it in god knows how long could be on a new patch you know mm-hmm. like what do you what do you do how do you how do you make this call it's a really difficult one so what i will say we we figured this out whilst we were in in the yes. call before this um whilst the pacific third party qualifiers that finished yesterday mm-hmm. were on the live patch 
Um, this upcoming main body tournament is actually on the current OPR patch. So this is the, the tournament realm. So we are probably going back, unless there is a change between... And, and we are still in the middle mm. of a contender season for Europe. I can't imagine it's changing in that time. Yeah. Um, right. We're going to be back to the, the, the Winston Kiriko Rush meta. And so like ev everything you know about how Flagship and HLXC and Solus Victorum perform is still Should valid because it. nothing has changed there. Gotcha. Okay, and if there's got to be... Okay, we, we've gotten this whole time, and we haven't mentioned HLXC pulling out this avant-garde composition. Oh my god, I'd forgotten. I blanked in winners' my finals and grand finals. Yeah. And it worked really well in winners' finals and not so much in grand finals. And where they yeah. pull out the D.Va, Ash, Tracer, and then was Bapt Zen? Yeah. Okay. Or on a Zen. It was on a Zen. <laughs> Jeff, it upset me so much that I had blanked it from my memory is where I am with that. But it worked. I mean, winner's finals, it worked incredibly well. Okay, but in grand finals, if you run it one map and it doesn't work, you then don't, you you just go back. You go, <laughs> okay, no, stop, okay we're done. Experiment stop. over. <laughs> no, and they get, an HLXC get full held, not once, but twice. Back to back. Yeah. Is, is this... I'm I'm a sucker for some some cheese. I'm a sucker for some some good old creativity. So when I hear something like that, my brain immediately goes to like escort, like a defensive escort hold. Is Dorado, that, yeah, that sounds like a Dorado comp. Yeah, it was yeah. King's Row as well. Defense yeah. on point A at King's Row. Okay, where they maybe. set up the ash in the back right corner yeah. and, and use the diva to bounce up. It they they performed it beautifully in winners finals. Like they mm. stop. Like, flagship eventually get the point, but they don't get much farther than A yeah. if memory serves. And this is HLXC um, that's doing the weird stuff. Yes, yeah. it's HLXC okay. that's doing the weird stuff because then Liga gets to play Diva. Yes, which that's it's another that falls more within the wheelhouse pick. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Um, and you also get Kaylee on Ash, which yeah, which seems like a pick for him. It definitely is. And we straight up we gave October two our player of the match for winners finals because of basically because of the tracer performance was able to shut down Sea Wave, mm. which I mean that's that's like saying you just shut down proper as far yeah. as the equivalent <laughs> yeah. in Chinese contenders. Yeah, not saying Sea Wave is the same level <laughs> proper. Big say, say disclaimer it, on that. Lean into it. <laughs> Yes. Make, <laughs> make, make my title is super easy yeah no no <laughs> <laughs> but did indeed shut down widely considered the best sojourn player sure. in the region if you, um, if you hamstring the sojourn out of that composition it's just like you lose so much of that posture yep. threat where it's just like sometimes you just hit a rail and you win the fight and it's just like if you can get get even just a leg in edgewise if you can pepper him a little bit, distract him, pull his attention off the angle, you give your sojourn, or maybe even your ash, so much more room to work with. So I it it makes a lot of sense as to why it it it's it, it feels was... very Chinese, feels very, yeah. you know, within their realm of you, you know, I just wanna I wanna jump in there because sure. we have this uh like historical picture of Contenders China as it's the wacky region. It sure it's, is. Oh boy, that show was some Chinese Overwatch. <laughs> um, I think we are past that. We have okay. that in A sides. In their defense on A sides, they'd had the game for a handful of weeks, sure. and it was new to them. If you look at what was run for the majority and how it was run and how it was played, I think the like the Chinese circus just isn't there anymore. I do mm. think this is a region that is okay. going to play what is appropriate for the meta now whether that is a symptom yeah. of the fact that this is more obvious in overwatch 2 what works and what doesn't sure. work 
um, I guess remains to be seen. But like, I think this, uh, certainly for casters, casters who are covering China, please stop talking about Contenders China being the silly region, because it just isn't anymore. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, and flagship recreators ran Medicom. Like, they ran yeah. Winston yeah, Rush yeah. the entire time. You didn't see X-Ray playing 10 different tanks. Like, the entirety of Run It Back, they they did what they did, and they did it very, very yeah. well. Now, they did make adjustments going up against that Diva comp that we were talking about. Uh, I believe we saw uh, Night God flipped over to the Echo on Dorado to help handle the weird Diva comp. Like, there yeah, were sure. adjustments made, which I loved, by the way. Like, we saw that creativity. Because mm-hmm. um, it forces, like, a response, like you're saying. Yeah. It makes you think. Mm-hmm. As a player, it makes you think. And, and then, I mean, and then as, as viewers, then you're thinking about it like, oh, well, what what are they trying to do with this? Like, it's I don't know. It's you get out of just autopilot mode, and you yes. actually start examining what the, the the strengths and weaknesses of the heroes are, and the the, the interactions between mm-hmm. them. And it gets interesting. Like, it's part of what makes Overwatch so amazing. Why we all love it, right? If it's there's more than just five heroes in the game, um, <laughs> and but. To circle back around, uh, we took the long winding path, scenic roots, melt some flowers. I hope HLXE don't pull out this bullshit in Pacific. <laughs> <laughs> they they might manage it against Grand Zero. Um, I'm again happy to be corrected on that one because I didn't follow sure, it that sure. that far. But yeah, don't don't do that against O2 Blast because they will laugh at you and then stomp your face into the curb. Most likely, if. And this is this is you know this is some hopium for me because I I love a good upset I love a good mm-hmm. you know let's shake things up, um, but if if esports history is anything to go by, uh, the way you try to tackle the the Korean juggernaut usually uh, is to not throw them what they're used to right mm-hmm. you want you want to give them a little cheese you want to give them some aggression you want to throw them off a little bit so I'm gonna take the stance. That if HLXC happens to run across an O2 blast, maybe a T1, and you do happen to go to Dorado, if you okay. do happen to maybe go to like an Eichenwald and you can get like a good defense on B, and you just yeah. happen to be on Diva, I'm not gonna be bad at it. I'll tell you where we saw it. It was on <laughs> Sanctuary. It was on Busan Sanctuary. Okay. Kings Kings that makes Road a little defense. Bit more sense. That one and... I'm, I can see. Dorado yeah, it no, feels like it's the strong one though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and Dorado. Those were the three where yes. they pull it out, and it was consistent on those three yes. for both days. They pulled it out on, ex- on specifically Sanctuary, on specifically Kings Road defense. Like they had, they had a plan for it. Clearly, like it wasn't just roll the dice. Yeah, there yeah. wasn't a game plan going in. So, you know what? You've got a point. You got a point. Maybe they they do it once, but as Phil mentioned earlier, like yeah, you, you don't do it keep on Busan, and you get smashed. Yeah. Don't pull it out again. The the, the strength of that because this is. Very similar to like what uh, the Valiant coaching staff did last, or I think it was this season, if memory and the, the play gears are starting to unwind, but Dude, time yeah. still kind yeah. of melds together right now. So I believe it was this yeah, the season. Time warp. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Dorado for them was very, very similar. They they utilized a lot of D.Va. They had the double flex. They had the hit scan kind of sitting in the back. They abused those long sight lines. I feel like you could maybe get away with it on like coliseo for at least the first fight busan i can see king's row i can see i like the the tailored strats i like the mm-hmm. you know very point yeah. specific stuff so like that's definitely something that you know fans and viewers should keep an eye on where it's just like okay well you know if you are going up against you know the the odds on favorite and you probably just can't mirror and you know hold a candle to them why try a little yeah. you know a little sideways you know try to throw him a curveball i'm here for it i'm all i'm all about it 
You make good points, my friend. You make good points. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm wrong, like, I, I am his, historically a sure. big fan of these curveball teams. Like, you know, I, I am the, the world's biggest clockwork vendetta. Okay, rip, yeah, yeah, yeah. Clockwork vendetta fan. <laughs> and so there, there absolutely is a place for it because, you know, a team like Clockwork Vendetta kind of changed the metrics yeah. everyone had to adapt into them. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a there's a time and a place. Like, agreed, Clockwork agreed, Vendetta, agreed. the reason that worked is they have such a track record on those particular heroes and there's just like this niche clicking together mm-hmm. um when you are in map four of yeah. a uh, four map series is not the time to start throwing stuff at the wall and seeing nah. what works like more than happy to see some problem solving going on yes. but it's got to be sensible problem solving agreed 100 percent. time and a place i think is the 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 mantra there that yeah. i think everybody needs to hold within them because yeah you maybe maybe you don't want to throw out the cheese last game you know it's it's the ultimate gambit of well they'll never expect it but it's like yeah but you know should you really do that with the tournament on the line i don't know maybe maybe not if we're being honest i mean hlxc got beat in the winston meta like that's where flagship beat them yeah like it wasn't they, they on dorado on king's row where they lost was their offense Mm mm-hmm that it wasn't their defense that lost them. That they got full help. Their offense did nothing. So, to, in all fairness, they lost that grand finals mostly in the Winston. Yeah, they did get comp diffed. I mean, like when they went to push, and it wasn't it wasn't great. But they were getting they were getting beat in the Winston meta. Sure. But I, I think there is a broader question about your attitude as a team to be talked about here, which is if you are a team that has coaching staff with some experience behind you. What is the better use of time? Is it that you go all in on learning something new where you don't have the Mm -hmm. game footage, where you've got to go out of your way to find scrim partners that can put up a good performance against you as you try this new stuff? Or is it to knuckle down and iron out the wrinkles in your approach to the meta? And now I think there's value in both, but I think when you have a team that has the talented pieces that HLXC has... I do feel like it is more efficacious for you to go and just fix what's wrong right. than throw the whole thing out and start fresh. Yep. That's the the conundrum since the old goats era. It's like, do we stick yeah. with running the goats and refining it and trying to catch back up, or do we actually Shanghai this and lock four DPS and run it down, right? Like it's... I, I I was so mad at the timing of that roll up because <laughs> it just yeah. looked like Shanghai yep. had cracked it and then we just they got did. rid of it entirely. They... Absolutely cracked it. It's one of yep, the greatest yeah. runs in Overwatch League history. Yeah. They it, beat all the best goat teams yes. to come in and win stage. And three. they forced they so forced amazing. Shock to adapt to them. And you, if we yes, end the series with the Arisa so and the amazing. triple DPS, and to circle this all the way back around, yes, it's Shanghai, but like that idea came from Contenders China. That idea yeah. came from a lot of yep. the third party stuff where it we was, were seeing four, maybe yep. even five DPS picks. It was it was wrecking it was ball insane. triple DPS. Yeah. Is, yeah, it was the core of the comp. But yeah. It was it was nuts to see such a divergence and like I I I'm right there with you, Phil, when it comes to like the wacky inflatable arm region. <laughs> because it does such a disrespect to like the creativity of it. And it's just like, yeah. okay, we're not I'm not playing this whole triple tank, triple support. Like we're gonna try to like counter this. We're gonna anti strat this. We're gonna we're gonna try to get in there and reverse engineer it. And it feels a lot more 
tailored. It feels a lot, mm-hmm. a lot more purposeful than I think a lot of people give it credit for because it is easy to just go, well, they just play the Junkrat character and he's just a happy little funny silly guy. And it's it, there, there is more to it there, and there yeah, is yeah. there is some some impact. So I, I wholeheartedly agree, but I, I do love me some cheese. I mean, you make a really good point though. If if Shanghai Dragons hadn't had the guts to yeah. go in and completely go against it and, and do what they did, we would have been deprived one of the greatest mm-hmm. runs in history. Agreed. Like that was what that was uh, ingenuity and and I mean just balls, like Real, just bravery yes. Yes. to go in there and make that happen at the highest stage in the, the most tense of of competitions you know like at the highest stakes where you're in you're in a stage playoffs like it wasn't in a throwaway game like they they pulled that out when it mattered most and made one hell of a run and i mean like so to to tie this in you know what if hlxc can make it work like do your thing but i feel like this is this i i feel like we're just selling all the Chinese stocks to all the fans out there that are yeah. actually going to watch APAC, you know, if, if there, there's some, there's a cheesy team out there that could throw you some curveballs. Could be a team from China. It sounds like it's HLC. If, if that's the takeaway from uh, <laughs> our visit to this, I am all for it. I feel like yeah. that's a job well done. So <laughs> I think there's a little bit more in there than just, Hey, there's a cheesy team you need to pay attention to. No, no. I think, I think it's been an absolute treat and I, you know, don't want to take you guys Take up your evening too much. I know that, you know, <laughs> time zones are all over the place. So I do want to give this this last little bit to you guys and, and to shout out, you know, some personal projects or whatever's going on. So Bull Skunk, we'll, we'll start over on your end. Where where can people find you? I know you have your Twitter directly underneath you, but what you got going on? Yeah, I mean, following the Twitter helps a lot. Like, you know, the, as a caster, like, you know, job applications will have a number of Twitter followers. Mm-hmm. It's something you put on a job application. Uh, so, I mean, just following the Twitter can actually help me get gigs and, and mm-hmm. continue to do this thing I love so much. So, uh, it's, my streaming has been kind of hit or miss for the past year. So, sure. I mean, it's, I'm on Twitch and stuff too, but I'm just going to stay single-minded. If a follow on the Twitter would put a smile on my face. There you go. Make him smile. Phil, what's up with yeah. you? Uh, I would also like to promote Jeff's Twitter. Um, <laughs> go give him a follow. It helps him a lot. Um, uh, maybe we should have checked before this. Uh, can can we plug a thing that is maybe slightly a rival here? I wasn't going to. A okay. rival? What's that? Oh, what so we, we do have our own T2 focus podcast. It, oh, yeah, no, actually, no. Plug, it, actually doesn't, plug doesn't away. overlap with you. Cool. It doesn't overlap with you guys too much because it is specifically yeah, no, no, no. a tier it's, two and grassroots podcast. It, so it is Jeff specifically and I, Path to Pro. Yeah. yeah, Path to Pro focus. So myself and Jeff, along with our friends, sure. uh, Chef Billy and Oceancast, uh, Billy and Ethan, mm. uh, run a podcast called Map 5, which, um, granted, it's been a little bit slow for us recently because we've been so busy with the work, which is mm, you know, mm, such, mm. A, such a problem to have. And, oh, <laughs> Good busy, good busy. Give us a follower on uh, Map 5 Pod, Map 5 Podcast. Jeff, help me out here. Yeah, it's Map 5 Podcast on Twitter. Map 5 Podcast on Twitter. You'll find out when we go live. And, you know, we do a lot of coverage of Contenders China, Contenders Korea, all the grassroots stuff that happens. So if you want to stay up to date on non-Overwatch League, competitive Overwatch, we we think that's a good thing. Awesome. Yes. Yeah, but it's... We leave the owl stuff to to you guys, yes. um, but we we try to cover some of the collegiate and, and grassroots stuff. There's definitely no I, we need we need coverage on that because uh, gonna love Blizzard, but it's you know somebody's got to do it. Right? Somebody's got to do it. You you <laughs> said just, it, not me. There's a lot of work at this level 
which is done for the love of the game and the yes. love of the scene. Yes. And right. that's kind of what Map 5 is for, is to shine a spotlight on that passion. Good. I I couldn't, couldn't again, anybody who's a fan of this podcast, go show some love to Map 5. Uh, and I know we have some T2 homers in the chat, so uh, I expect to see some names over there. But that I is... I felt bad plugging another podcast. No, on no, no. Thank, that, you, thank you for that's for what that space is that. for. I need you okay. know we got to share the love. It's all it's nothing but support. So you're too you're too kind, my friend. <laughs> hey, gotta gotta do it. But that is going to be Contenders China. If you're a fan of T2, check out Map Five, like and subscribe because we're coming back not next week, but the week after with some NAU stuff. So stay tuned. And that is going to be it from us. Thank you so much for the both of you coming on and spending some time talking shop with Contenders China. Um, Tackle Crouch. It's a pleasure. We will see you uh, in the next episode, 275. Adios.